a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Adam Butler, welcome to the show, dude. First of all, I want to thank you for an incredible book that you've written, written here, The Butler's DMT Field Guide, A Brief History, Step-by-Step -step Recipes, and Personal Experiences from a DMT-Saturated Consciousness. Look at that thing, guys. Uh, Audio-only audience, link in the show description or the video for this is in there as well, and you can come hang out with this. Now, you sent this signed, you sent amazing picture uh, stickers here that go along with this. Dude, I'm so impressed with not only your presentation, but just the fact that you wrote a damn DMT field guide, dude, and also did put recipes in here that I was looking through. I'm like going, holy shit. So we're going to talk about all of it, all the ways to find him located down in the show description. Adam, let's let's go ahead and get the get to know you bit of this down here, if you don't mind, sir. Sure. Uh, first, if I could, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I've been really enjoying your show and, and truly expanding my consciousness and reality. Come on. Uh, so it, I'm glad I, I found you. Uh, it's it's definitely mutual. Um, so you know my my story is really relevant. It, well, how it's relevant to the show is probably my experiences prior to DMT and then and then after DMT. I mean, ultimately that's you know that's why I wrote the book. Um, and it, it ultimately tied into my mental health issues and alcoholism and 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 kind of. I guess my my midlife crisis. You know, we were just discussing that this, this period in our life in our, our early forties. Um, I had an absolutely blessed life, truly. I, I had amazing, have amazing parents, great grandparents, college educated, uh, great career, had all the money, multiple houses, relationships, everything. This was all in my my late thirties. I thought on paper that this is good. This is what success is. But I, I was mentally sick i was ill and, and ultimately i was drowning it with alcohol that you know but but i had the high paying job and and in today's society you know that that was kind of a way for me to mask everything so i had this this beautiful three-story victorian you know i had multiple rental properties i was making the 170 180 grand a year i had the beautiful cars everything like that so every, everything was good right and, and it really wasn't you know i was going for walks late at night basically wanting not only to hurt myself but other people and, and really just being sad and depressed um without getting into all the details really it was three or four major life events that that led to me just kind of saying fuck it and, and by fuck it i'm going out into the desert to off myself uh it was i i got a restraining order against me i got a knock on my house and my seven plus year relationship was ended by the knock of a door from a constable um I, I basically was was accused of doing some some horrible shit, and in retrospect, I was a an angry, horrible person. Now, I never put my hands on anybody, but but I was mentally and verbally abusive, and ultimately, it was because of my my depression and alcoholism. And, and I'm not, you know, it, it was because of me. But but those those were the things that I was dealing with to cope with it, not not the the real work that I needed to do. So. I got kicked out of my house, relationship broken up, and then that's right when COVID kind of happened. So then my court case got held up in court for like a year and a half. So there was this kind of limbo where I was just stagnant, but I was still paying all these bills, legal bills, all things like that. But I moved on. Um, I found another relationship. Well, I got into another relationship. Um, I got a, an even better job. I, I, I moved out to the Cape. Everything was going good. Well, then that relationship ended horribly. I got screwed over by work uh, and I threatened to kill a man. And I meant it. And and it was it was really serious. And he basically looked at me and said, All right, you know, fuck you, I'll kill you. <laughs> and it got and he lived, you know, a couple basically blocks from me. And that was on a Sunday. And uh Monday morning, I was like, you know, I'm I'm leaving and and I'm driving to California to hug a redwood tree. And I live in Cal uh, excuse me, I live in Rhode Island. So I mean it was literally coast to coast. And 
I took over a year to, to really just travel the country. Um, I went to like 38 states. I think on my phone it said I visited like 268 new cities. And really, I just traveled the world doing shrooms and, and DMT and meditating and praying and kind of finding myself. But at the beginning of that journey, it was I, I'm, I'm going out because I not only am I disgusted with myself, but I'm disgusted with with humankind. Um, but like I said, with with the the help of DMT primarily, uh, I was able to kind of reset my whole, my whole mindset. So, and then now, so I blew up my, so I lost my house. I lost my relationship. I lost my job. I lost everything. Um, literally I, I own now a, a car, a bike and a couple backpacks, uh, you know, at, from having truly having every material, you know, thing possible. Um, but I have happiness and contentment. You know, and we just kind of did a moment of, of prayer, silence, gratitude be before the show. And and I mentioned how the ability to be present and, and mindfully present and to be comfortable uh, was the, the best thing that I possibly gained and, and contentment and, and happiness. Um, it was a long journey, but <laughs> and, and ultimately, you know, that that's what led to the book because it was if this happened to me, this rich white kid from New England who had every advantage and had the world, you know, at his grasp uh if it could happen to me where i was that put down by the world <laughs> i can only imagine the men and women that have far uh you know far less so i i was hoping maybe my story of complete destruction would help other people that they don't have to go through it <laughs> i don't know that anyone can avoid it my friend i think it's an interesting <laughs> thing that we come to with this where first of all thank you so much for sharing that dude uh grateful to know you grateful to call you a brother this is incredible because you you really reach down into the depths of it man and and that's what this place is all about i really think there there's an interesting correlation between you thinking that we can have help the others avoid trials and tribulations by going through them and then sharing our story about them. And in some ways, I feel it's true because there's going to be a lot of people that hear this and go, holy shit, you know, and it, it's going to give some either frame of reference. They either say I'm exactly where that dude is or they say, shit, uh, that's pretty extreme. And at least, you know, my life isn't that isn't there yet. And so you can give a glimpse into that avenue. But as far as like being able to go through your life having no like hearing that things are hot but never getting burned i don't think that that's possible you know in this place so i think that these collapses and just especially having get getting i don't feel over it yet but having experienced one perhaps still in it a little bit but i i feel that everyone on a path on a certain path if you're seeking here you're gonna fucking come up some shit like you did and it's because it's on the other side of what we thought we needed and then it brings you up to this place i have sort of this vision of it how i visioned it when i was going through it was the ascension sort of path uh rose really really high but it's because i had a bunch of shit stuck on me you know if we want to use a metaphor that there was just globs of fucking tar and nasty rocks and gross habits and beliefs and all that shit stuck on me and the only way to get it off is to rise so high that you let you something happens the gravity turns off you reach a certain moment and you just drop and that drop shatters you on the ground into a million fucking pieces man and if you're able to sort of t1000 your way and assimilate them back together it's a new clean fluid feeling it's a it's a fresh start it's this is the phoenix in alchemy this is the rising and we were just speaking about pluto squared because i encountered three massive dicks from the universe and it was pluto neptune and uranus and they fucked me for like three months straight. And it was this really, these huge pinnacle, pivotal moments of astrology in one's personal life. And I just experienced all three of these at the same time. And it just murdered me, dude. So this, it feels like, especially with you sharing your story, that I'm not alone, you know? And this is what you can help with is, you know, getting, getting somebody like you to come forward and talk about not only what you experienced, but also, also a very unorthodox, I would say, method of, uh, sort of going about your mental health is to sort of step out of reality completely and to disoblige it with fucking DMT, man. So would would you like to offer a disclaimer for us here before we get really deep into this? I do, but I, I want to thank you for for kind of clarifying the you're never going to avoid the pain. And I think you, you, you said it correctly. So it's how do you process it how do you go through it how do you honestly go through it and say wow I'm, I'm blessed to be going through it this is this is where i can earn my badges this is where i can this is where i can be tested and, and really you know understand what my what my true calling is uh also if i could be before we kind of get into some of the, the dangers your analogy of the, of the globs um 
because my girlfriend and I use that analogy all the time. And, and I'll, I'll probably reference her a couple of times. That's a young lady that, that wrote that chapter in the book, um, Alicia. And, and she offers, so she's been through a bunch of shit in her life, used EMT as well, but comes from, from a highly educated occupational therapist, mom, you know, from, from a, just a, a completely different perspective. But we use the analogy of plaque and that just as, as you grow older and as you, as an adult going through life, you just, through your own bullshit, society's bullshit, all the stresses, you just do get globbed down. And, and like I said, we use the analogy plaque. And not only does that plaque not allow you to shine properly, to express yourself artistically, creatively, to express love, um, but it also doesn't allow you and it blocks out you receiving that light and love, whether it be the universal source and information, whether it be love and light from somebody else, whether it be any, so to, to shatter it, so now whether you jump from a plane hit and, and, and shatter into a million pieces or like I did truly use DMT to, to ultimately blow up everything. And, and I, and I did that consciously. Um, I hadn't done psychedelics for a 20 plus year span. You know, I, I kind of dabbled them in, in high school and early college. I did shrooms a few times. I did LSD a few times, but that, you know, through my adult life, I, I really my, my, didn't even consider doing them. But then with, quitting alcohol um and i'm you know i'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that too i think that really helped but so after i quit alcohol and, and i started kind of getting some clarity of thought i started kind of dabbling into to shrooms uh and I, I became comfortable being in that psychedelic space and, and i then i started you know pushing four five six seven eight gram doses and, and really going really really deep and I, I was getting some really good therapeutic value but there was a lot of information about DMT out there. And I had a friend offer, basically say, listen, I have access to this. If, if, if you'd like it, I really think this may be able to help you. Now, then I spent several months doing all the research I could. So I started off with, you know, Rick Strassman's um, books, an awesome interview with him. It's, it's cool to be on the other side of that as well. Um, you know, so I started with his work and then Joe Rogan interviews and, and then some of the other people doing research. And I, I felt as though... I have to take this molecule with, with you know, treat it with respect and understand that it is really profound. But at that point, I had I had literally lost everything. I, I had I had nothing, and it was kind of like, listen, if this doesn't work, I'm I'm done. Um, and it wasn't a rash decision. It was something that I had contemplated quite a bit. I, I had weighed the scales of of life uh, as a you know educated individual. I felt as though I was able to make that conscious decision, and I, I really <laughs> I was leaning very heavy towards towards not not staying on this planet so that first day um and, and we kind of set a date it, it was really with with this beautiful intention and then we both my friend and i we, we prayed we meditated we understood the gravity of the situation uh and i kind of go over that in the book about that that first day just about what how fucking mind-blowing it was because i did take you know roughly 50 hits that first day it was like seven eight sessions and each session was multiple hits and i just kept pushing it and pushing it because in my mind, there really wasn't an alternative. I was either going to fry my mind or die trying. And and that that last session, when I you know I had had that proverbial breakthrough session, um, I came out of it and just crumpled into a mess on my friend's floor and and just had was was crying these huge grat you know tears of gratitude because I was just so happy that I didn't need to keep banging my head against the wall and keep asking that same question it, like I, I had my my answer now i still had a bunch of work i had just lost my job i had lost everything i had no home i i was you know truly homeless and and i used to invest in real estate so at some point i i had owned 15 houses at one point and i'm not saying that to brag but you know to to be 43 years old and then to be homeless after after having all of these properties it was like holy shit this this is real um and, and i i came out of that experience knowing all right i have a lot of rebuilding i need to do the, the light so that plaque was removed so then then i realized and this i think is probably the most beautiful aspect of what i've been been sharing is, is hearing the other people's stories i realized how beautiful i was and and that's maybe funny coming from you know a gnarly looking guy like myself <clears throat> but i realized truly how how beautiful i was because i was a piece of god that i was a piece of universal light and and whatever you whatever that meaning is to you it's just you're, you're something greater than and and as soon as you realize that it's amazing um, how your perspective changes. And I realized I was my own worst enemy. And, and ultimately, I was wasting all of this valuable energy and effort destroying myself as opposed to expanding myself and, and helping others, which I knew, you know, that was my purpose on, on this planet. And I just needed to get rid of that plaque.
Oh, Adam. Oh, we, we're going to talk about your book, but we're on a thing here. So we're going to keep it going. Okay. The plaque analogy I want to come back to, but I do want to touch on something that you said about um, calling it, phoning it in and ending it all, because there may be some folks out there that either feel the same way you do, have felt the same way you do, can empathize or have no idea and think what you're saying is crazy. So I just want to put some perspective on this because I can offer some. In that time period of which I just spoke, which is very recent, guys, I'm very out of this. I've not talked about this on the show, but again, Adam, we're in a thing here, so we're going to do it. Uh, in this time period, I woke up uh, with a message at least some point throughout the day for at least three months that said, you're going to kill yourself today. It's not my voice. I am not suicidal. It's one of those things to where you go, what the fuck is going on here? And it was so powerful and so redundant that it became the mantra. I banished all of the mantras. I stopped everything. I, I did turn off a lot of my life, man. And, but, uh, and you know, we may have t-shirts coming out here, living, living out of spite. Um, there's another dear, dear, dear friend of mine uh, who just recently lost his wife of 38, uh, three small kids, and um, to horrible, fucked, fucked up cancer. And him and I would have conversations during this time period and he would, you know, message me and he'd I'd just say, hey, send in love, mate. And he would say, you know, I mean, even though none of us, neither one of us could express love, we couldn't feel it, we couldn't receive it. We didn't know what that word even fucking meant. If you reverse it, it's actually evil. So, you know, what the fuck is this realm anyway? Um, so there was so much going on with that. But at least whenever we would touch base, he would just say, hey, do you want to talk to each other out of committing suicide today? said, absolutely. Now, the conversations were never that, okay? They weren't like, bro, don't, right? Because I don't have, number one, I feel a fucking right to do that. Uh, and I've, I've changed my mind significantly while staring this in the face because it's something that if you don't have, <clears throat> I don't know that anyone, I would wish this opportunity on anyone, but if it is an opportunity, you really want to look at that and look at what it means to look at that, then there's another conversation on the other side to be had because that's not even the worst of it. The... It, what you said about it, I just don't want to go to be blended off into the into the mix of what we're talking about here and not be addressed because I experienced it and it was heavy as fuck. Hmm. And it still rocks me a little bit, but I will say this on the other side of it, um, on the other fucking side of that shit, you gain more power because that plaque that's been broken off. And here's here's the other bit of that. Yes, a lot of that plaque has been forced on you, but early on we're we choose to stick that plaque on us because I said the metaphor, so we're just going to stick with it here just for a minute. That we come in as these beautiful, fucking amazing, light, pure, amazing things. And we look around and we say, well, my mom has, who's my guardian, that's my everything. She has all this like tar and feathers and this black muck all over and she has all this fucking shit all over her. And I could see a little bit of light poking through, you know, and I know that. But I mean, why does everybody around me, my pastors, my teachers, my brother and sister even have some light body, but they've got a lot of muck stuck on them now. And what you notice is, is your beliefs, these little limitations, these things, you actually tar and feather yourself <clears throat> along with your environment. And that's what this place is. It's this fucking torture machine that gets you to stick all this fucking heavy shit on you so that you can be weighed down enough to be preyed upon by whatever fucking energies are here to do so. Through the type of metamorphosis you and I have experienced here, dude, <clears throat> apologies. Uh, it, it seems that it's it's so crucial, vital, and important for us at least to talk about it because then folks, again, yeah, maybe you're not feeling alone. And if you fucking want to talk, guys, reach out to me. I'm not hard to find. Just reach out. Um, it's a very real thing. And um, again, I'm not suicidal, and you're obviously not either. But I think, again, to touch on the fact that it can be so real uh, is something that's very, very important um, to address and to talk about. So thank you again for talking about this, dude. Um, we can continue and, and on if, with your book, but if, I just wanted I, to bring that up. Well, and, and it's important to, to to want to bring it up because I, that's been by far the most rewarding aspect after writing this book uh, is getting literally hugged and kissed by other grown men being like, oh my God, th thank you for, for sharing your story because it allowed me to share my story. And people just want to have a comfortable space to feel heard, to feel listened to, to not feel judged. Um, and and every it, it, we're not unique to have our, our our plaque or our bullshit, right? And and it's tough, but but especially with guys, you know, we're, we're led to be this macho tough guy. You can't cry, you can't you can't talk about this, you can't hug another. That's bullshit. bullshit. Um, you, you you have to cry. A lot of tears are good tears. Uh, you have to outlet emotion. Um, you have to connect like that. And and then once you do, and then once you once you become fully connected with yourself, uh. And like you said, when you come on the other side, it is so beautiful. And, and ultimately, 
I know there are people that are sitting in a really dark, dark place. And, and I've been there. It sounds like you've been there. The light on the other side is so much more vivid and so much more beautiful. And your senses are so much more in tune to it. That man, if if you can just get there, uh, you will. your perceptive and perception will always will, will forever be changed and it'll be changed in, in an awesome way. And to your point, to start the show, the suffering, the bullshit, the kicks and the dicks, the cancer, the death, the dying, all of that somehow, some way uh, is to allow us the opportunity for growth, you know, to, to really, to really grow stronger at that crack and bend. And the way I look at it, and, and maybe another analogy that we use often is kind of like gaining those Girl Scout badges or the, the you know, the Boy Scout baggage badges, but you go through these trials and tribulations and you get that badge and you know, my sash is covered with badges that it, it, it takes a lot of work to get. And, and I, I want those badges. I want those life badges because now I have the confidence to walk in to any room, to any situation and, and deal with truly anything or anybody and feel comfortable in my own skin. And that wasn't the case before. And it wasn't because I was intimidated or scared. If anything, just the opposite. I used to manipulate. I was narcissistic. I, I was controlling. I would I would use my, my intellect and, and perceived power to try to control people where now it's just the opposite it's you know how can you connect with one how can you love one another how can you help each other achieve a goal not use somebody for your own goal so it's a completely completely different shift so yeah you win personally because you get to stay alive but then <laughs> then you get to enjoy the blessings of life Man, we will talk more about this being a hell copy of an awesome world and it's a demiurge place and everything from here is from hell. And, um, you know, but we'll talk about it. But I love your perspective because it's very, very necessary. I feel absolutely because look what it's done. You know, uh, look what you've been able to do with your life. Look how you've changed yeah, your life. Now we can get to the fun man. stuff. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> can get into the, the tantric sex and all that good stuff. I know. I saw this in a, in your chapter here. Um, what is this? Alicia's angle, uh, just big words right here, <laughs> transcendent sex as soul dialysis. So, I mean, you got to read more guys. Links below for damn sure. Butler's DMT field guide. So let's talk about it, man. Um, if you, do you want to give the disclaimer for the kiddos there about DMT and well, I, I think it's important, just especially I think all psychedelics have gotten a lot of attention, not just DMT. So shrooms, ketamine, um, you know, for, for PTSD and, and depression, anxiety. And the, the research is showing that it helps. The research is showing that it that it does increase neuroplasticity, that that it does allow people to kind of reset their lives. That being said, it, it's not something that should just be done haphazardly. You really have to understand why you're doing it. And, and that's not to say you can't do it for a party or for a rave or for a concert or just to to sit out by the fire and, and, and just veg out. Uh, those are all, you know, you, you don't have to be in the, in the depths of suicide to, to enjoy the benefits of psychedelics. But you can't just, one, I think, just take them randomly. And you certainly shouldn't just be giving them randomly and, and acting like, oh, yeah, everybody should be doing this because – you know, just as much as it can, it's it's rocket fuel. And, and I say in the book, something similar to the fact of, you know, it can bring the ship to the moon, but it can also blow it up. And it, it's it's true. So just as far and, and know what you're getting. And, and ultimately, that's what, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to put the recipes in the book, too, because it, it, I think you get so much more benefit when you make a product yourself and, and, and you start from bark root and leaf to whether it be a drink um, or, or the crystals that you're able to vape, you know the process, you, you've done it, you've made it with love, uh, you've seen where the products come from. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's important too, is, is that you're able to, I don't know, source it properly. But uh, yeah, just just be be ready. And, and you know, whether you, you have a guide or somebody to sit with you, like in my case, um, that first day, I felt as though I really needed that that person. And, and once in another, another grown, burly, bearded man who was, you know, we were sitting there with our, our shoes off and I had a, a pillow and a blanket and all he did was just sit there and comfort me. But, I, but and not even by comfort me. All he did was sit there and I knew that if, if anything were to happen, whether the, the, the door got knocked on or there was a fire or whatever, I would be taken care of and that he was physically able to take care of me. But other than that, he just sat back and let me have my space. Um. But, you know, it. make sure you do have a comfortable, safe space. Make sure, you know, that you're not going to have whatever, random distractions. Certainly don't do it in, in public if you're not used to, you know, what, what the effects are. But really, I just, you know, and we could speak for an hour about disclaimers and safety things. It's more just 
Don't being, fucking do it while you're driving. Like this takes your vision <laughs> away, guys. It's not a get up yeah. and walk around and, thing. It's a sit down, fucking be safe. Like be maybe strapped down to something. Like just sit down and do, and not do be your own driving. research. Yes, uh, and, and I say that research. like th- this this book is is certainly not the end all be all. That the, the whole purpose of this book was to be a, a brief, easy to read field guide, which then leads you to ask other further questions and then read other books and then you know there are scientists that have spent. 20, 30 years of their life dedicating this, like like Dr. Strassman. Um, those are the authorities. This really is, you know, some some case history, some easy recipes, and, and really just a, you know, kind of my bio to say there's another way out. As I, to I like your disclaimer. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you to say but. you're just as much of an authority, dude, because of your <laughs> actual boots on the ground experience, if you want to say that, your realm experience. You've gone there, I think, more than the average person, especially anyone who's just sitting there with looking at a piece of paper going, oh, this has this many thing, things in it, so it should make you feel this way. And then reading brain charts and shit, it's very different than to venture to put on the fucking spacesuit and to go through the <laughs> yeah. dimension, dude. So yeah. like, you Once you've seen experience. what I've seen, yeah, you, you don't yeah. unsee it, for sure. I am not going to downplay your contribution to this field. I feel it's equal, if not more important, uh, than Dr. Strassman. So I've uh, fucking said it. You. That's out there on the airwaves now. Oh, boy. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so it really what, and, and, you know, segue with, with Strassman again, I think what really um, excited me about the the prospect of using it as well was the endogenous factor. So, so the fact that it is produced naturally, not only in our own bodies, but, you know, a bunch of other plants, mammals, and, and there is something different about this. So, um, you know, with when, when you're taking shrooms, the, the effects are amazing and, and the environment changes and morphs and, you, and the, the walls melt and, and you're able to, to you know, your, your, your consciousness in reality certainly gets expanded. Um, but it is a foreign substance and it feels like you're getting poisoned. Like when that starts hitting you and, and granted, it's a kind of a good feeling, but, but you know, shit, this, this, this is running through your blood and it's starting to go. When you smoke DMT, it is so natural and, 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 and it's mind blowing. And it's, it's like, holy fuck, everything just gets completely thrown out the window, but it's like, it instantly removes the veil and it instantly puts you in your more natural, innate, organic, universal state um, w- without that plaque, without the bullshit. And, you know, not only your five senses are completely tuned up, but then you have all these other senses that kick in and, and you really do experience reality in a more real sense. And and it's it's not more real, like one's real and one's more fake. It's just one has five inputs and one has 25 inputs or 500 inputs. And uh, that's what was really exciting to me. It, it was if I can navigate this realm, man, what type of information can I, can I possibly garner? And like I said, when I got it kind of into it, everything in my life was completely blown up. So I had no job, no house, no relationship, nothing. Um, luckily I had enough finances where I could take a year, year and a half off. Um, and at that point too, I, I just, you know, I think I blew like 70, 80 grand and was just like, fuck it. Like, cause I didn't care. I I figured I'm just going to go out with a bang and, um, I really didn't plan on on living, so it, it was really just kind of just kind of do it. Um, so I, I took the time to really go to go deep, and uh, yeah, we can wow. we can wow <laughs> go into I mean, several I of the aspects so of many, it. You know, th- so there's so much more than just dude. mental health, but um, yeah, so it, it really allowed me to to open things up. <clears throat> It, it did, and it sounds like such a tremendous healer for you, which is why it's so interesting how I think this place works. It's, there are just so many different avenues for you to kind of get to the to the root of things. And if nothing else, what you're being presented with isn't so out of the box to comparison to what this reality is, that you're given, I mean, just an amazing perspective to juxtapose one reality from another, right? And then, so then the question is, do you find them to be separate realities? Uh, or do you think that one's overlaid on the other and that gives you sort of the sight or the invitation to experience that realm? Uh, I think they're overlaid. So, you know, the, the kind of big question I, I think is, is it created in your brain? Is it just an hallucination based on on the drugs or are you receiving some sort of outside signal? You know, so, so is consciousness itself derived from from your human brain or you, is your, your brain kind of like an antenna and receiving other information? Um, I am highly convinced, <clears throat> excuse me, that our brain is receiving information from, from outside, from outside our brain. You know, it, our, our consciousness is way more than just the neurons in our brain. So I, th- I think what happens is you really just start tuning into 
what's there. Uh, you know, so there's that kind of reducing valve theory. Um, I think like Huxley wrote that book, Doors of Perception, where he did masculine and, and kind of was like, holy shit, all of these, these um, you know, your brain re- takes out so much information. Otherwise, you would just go nuts and, and you, you couldn't do anything. Um, once you start removing these veils and, and seeing all of the information and energy and different vibrations that are out there, you start tasting sounds and you start seeing and, and touch and, and tasting uh, colors and, and, you know, all of these weird things start happening. And you realize that, uh, in my opinion, th- there's, I don't think that can be generated in your brain. And, and, and th- there's, I guess, another philosoph- philosophical question, whether it's generated in your brain or not, um, like what would be the evolutionary benefit of having these crazy psychedelic spaces? Why would you be talking to DMT entities? Why, why are we, you know, what's the, the benefit of having this crazy alternate dimension universe that you're, you're going into? If, if that's created in our own human brain, then cool. I want to study that because why did our evolution produce that? <clears throat> if it is something outside of, uh, and, and we're, we're just one tiny, tiny species able to tap into just a small remote, you know, spectrum. Um, I want to explore that too, because the information in, in entities or, you know, and, in, in, you know, however you, you want to call it, what, what I've been communicating with in that space is, I don't know, if it's produced in my brain, then <laughs> my brain's even more fucked than I thought it is. Uh, if it's what's really out there, then there's, there's a lot, a lot to be explored. And from hearing other people's experience of going into this DMT space, uh, it seems like our experiences are all pretty similar. Um, you know, there's certainly some subjectivity there where it does kind of pinpoint and hone in on, on what needs to be found, but there's a lot of similarities, which leads me to believe that, that we are just all tapping into, to a a different vibrational wavelength of information. And it's encoded in different things than sight, sound, taste, feeling, you know, it's, it's downloaded. It's, it's a complete reset into your DNA brain, whatever. Fucking Hey, I've, I've got a question for you about androgynous DMT being possibly a gateway to spirit possession, but I, w- I want to ask you something before that, kind of marinate on that. Um, would you mind walking us through your typical trip? Like perhaps your most remarkable, actually, if you don't mind. I'd, I'm just curious to see if you don't mind describing for the audience what your experience was. So there's probably not anything typical that they are. So I, I said there's some commonalities that, 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 but uh, each one is mind blowing. It never gets easy. Uh, each one takes the you know full full prep. I would say that first day uh, where I had that breakthrough session. So the the first hit that I took, once again, it was instantly like this is familiar. The taste. Uh, there was this weird nasal sensation on the back of my throat that felt very very familiar. Um, all of my sensations after that first hit, you know, kind of it was similar to like a, a shroom psychedelic effect, but. It wasn't anything mind blown. There certainly wasn't any entities or anything like that. So I took another, you know, two or three hits and just kind of sat there and it was very comfortable. It, you know, it, as much as it was like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't feel scared. It didn't feel like poison uh, because it is endogenous. Your body metabolizes it super quick. So that that's one of the the, the benefits of, of smoking DMT is it only lasts, you know, seven, eight minutes tops and then you're, you're back to full lucidity. So that first, you know, three or four hit session, all right, this is this is great, but no, certainly didn't have any life changing revelations. So then I pushed it six, seven hits, and and I say that if you're trying to hit like a bong or a pipe with a lighter, you start losing you know functionality pretty quick. So yeah. like a vape pen or a cartridge, you know that. So I was able to do it where I just had to hit a button. So it was kind of like lean back, and you know I still could hit the button. So you know three, four, five, six sessions. So now an hour's going by, and and I'm kind of pushing myself pretty hard, and and I'm having good experiences, but I still didn't. I still didn't get this like epiphany, like, and, and that's kind of what I was expecting. Um, and, and that's really what I was pushing for. Then that last session, um, you know, I, I really prayed and, and, and asked for help. And, and, and I, I was just always trying to connect all of these proverbial dots in my life from the past, the future. How could this happen? I'm, I'm so blessed, but let I'm so screwed. And, and what's going to happen now? And, and I just, I was, you know, I talked about being comfortably mindfully in, in the present moment. I, I certainly was not that. I was constantly scattered. So that that last session, you know, all the crazy kaleidoscopic mending of of sights and, and all the weird shit that people describe seeing. And then it's, you know, it's tough to describe other than just using all this colorful language, but all of that stopped. So it was like complete silence, no vibration, no hum, no sights, no sounds. And it just felt like I was being pulled from all all the directions at the same time. And then 
the information was was given to me and and you know i've been asked before was was it like english voice was it a professor like what how how was it given to you so it wasn't the sight sound vibrational information it, it wasn't somebody talking it was truly just this download upgrade uh, however you want to say it and, and i instantly knew you know how i conveyed it was all right you want to connect these these hundred dots or a thousand dots boom here it is all connected you, and then you know throw in a million dots you want to connect the million dots watch how easy this is connect them all and then scatter those now there's a trillion now there's a billion and then and you know it kind of did that a couple of rounds and it was just like no you're stupid human you're never going to connect all of these dots that the point isn't to connect the dots that the point is to kind of dance and play with the dots and to understand that the space between the dots is where that information is and, and it's a game to be played not to be won and you know, my, my mind was academically trained and, and I had all of the, the advantages in the world to, to explore all these things. So I had probably more going on in my brain than, than most and, and just everything was trying to connect. And then in an instant, I realized that the point isn't to connect them all. And then just to not waste that much mental energy on trying to connect those dots, it instantly freed up everything else. Uh, and, and so that the amount of life-changing information given in a I don't know, 10 second, 15 second DNA download or, or whatever the fuck download it was, was probably the most like, oh shit, profound. Um, as far as typical or like what what my experience is, and, and I'd like to get into this because it's, it's kind of a fun story of how it's all morphed. So the first say dozen associations and, and, and I've done smoking DMT probably I don't know, a couple hundred times I've done ayahuasca maybe you know 20 times or so but primarily when I'm, when I'm talking about it it's, it's smoking it um so the, the first say 20 30 times it was me going into this unique space exploring all these awesome dimensions seeing all these awesome sights and sounds and, and feeling these vibrations um exploring it with my, my partner sexually so integrating it into my life doing all these fun things but it was more like me going out and exploring and then it kind of started getting like I was the one that was being explored. So I, I would take a couple of hits, pop into the space, and then like I was getting like a like leached on or like almost like an animal in a zoo. And and I would come up and they'd be like, Oh, he's here, he's here, he's back. And and I felt as though like I was being looked at. And then once I got felt as though I was welcomed or comfortable, then it was kind of like they're examining me. And 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 then it, you know that's where that that kind of like UFO and alien abduction kind of story also kind of ties into a lot of DMT experiences because it was very invasive. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't painful. Uh, and, and this was multiple times. So you, you'd go in, and it was almost like, like I said, they were so excited to explore you, like like you were this this weird entity, just like I was excited to see them. Kind of daunting because you are feeling like, what the fuck? I'm you know I didn't really give you permission to do that. But then this is kind of where. The latest kind of round so to speak is that that alien entity or that that weird foreign kind of being that that seemed to be exploring me or downloading stuff into me or, or kind of checking in on my status kind of now feels as though it's, it's me my future self from whether it be a different time a different dimension a different different fucking something which sounds so crazy but then it takes all of the scariness out of it because it's almost like i'm coming in to check on myself i'm doing my own self-diagnostic i'm going in there kind of saying like hey good job buddy you're on the right path and and it took the the whole like my energy is also in that space and and i'm kind of conducting from a higher and and you know i i don't i don't know enough about physics to talk about like what dimension or what but some other space than just our, our human earth five senses reality um i'm there somehow some way part of that exploration of of myself so it's like i'm excited when i when i pop into this space because it's like yes he's doing it again like we, we have we've got seven minutes like let's let's get what we can into him um so it, it's become this really even more of a self-exploration journey e even more of a you know when you do your, your mindful meditation prior to um, when you're setting your intention and, and making sure everything is good uh I, 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 you know, now I have even more, not respect, but it's like, you, you've got to be really powerful about what, what your intention is when you're going into the space. Cause you'll nine times out of 10, you're going to get, you know, some pretty powerful answers, but it's so, so over the hundreds of times for it to morph from that to that, like, I mean, there was not one time when it was like, oh, this is just calm. Um, it's, it's always been like, oh shit. But, uh, yeah, that that kind of first realization like oh fuck it's just me um 
but then I guess it also leads to how much you're doing. So you, you can technically microdose. Uh, you can cut. So if you, if you do make your own crystals and, and it's super easy, it's like a three or four step extraction process. And, and once again, here's another disclaimer, I'm not telling you to break any laws. I'm not telling you it, but like you can legally buy all these products. It's super easy to put them all together. Um, so if you do, if you do make your own, you know, batch of crystals, the easiest way to, to smoke them is to put them in a, in a, a cartridge, you know, like a vape cartridge. So you can either cut it with CBD oil, tobacco oil, just regular vape oil. Um, you know, you can turn the battery down lower. So you can kind of take little mini hits. You don't have to be this full blown, like, you know, if, if I don't get the answer, I'm going to fucking go into the woods. You can just have a nice, like, oh, I'm going to vacuum the house in a half hour. So let me go take a half a hit. Um, it, it's really, it's what your intention is. It, you do feel, the analogy I used the other day, and I think it, it's probably applicable. Um, you know, if you were a snowboarder or a skier, and and you, you were doing like this triple black diamond, and you had already, you know, you'd skied that skied that trail a dozen times before, you're still nervous. You still have to give it the respect. It's never going to be easy. You never know what ice is going to be in the trail. Trail. You never know what obstruction, what tree fell. Um, if things go great, it's still going to be dangerous and life threatening. And one false move and you're going to fall off the cliff. Uh, and, and I think when you're messing with something as powerful as DMT, uh, you, you really have to make sure, you know, check your bindings every, <laughs> every run, make sure you, you've got the, you know, trail map right. And, and cause it, it's not something you just kind of jump out of the, the chair and just run down. But, um, once now being comfortable in that space, it's something I use consistently for therapeutic, spiritual, meditative, sexual, um, all of, you know, and all of those purposes. And, and it's, it's part of my, I don't want to say day to day life, but, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely part of my, my holistic well being for sure. And it is at this time, I'll go ahead and invite you to break that pipe out. Ladies and gentlemen, check the video version. He's going to do some DMT. Uh, tune in. It's going to be a minute <laughs> yeah. though. We're going to do some dead air possibly. I don't know. Maybe some hooping. <laughs> I kidding, of course, but dude, um, Fascinating how you described this, and it's so interesting that you said this. Uh, first time I ever did was this March. Uh, first time I ever smoked ayahuasca a year before, but smoked DMT this year. I was invited out to Atlanta to hang out with Fi Tribe. Shout out Ford and Mike. Uh, and had just an awesome time with them. And the day I get there, they go, hey, do you want to smoke some DMT? I was like, fuck yes, it's been on the list. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, they actually had it um, and then dropped it on top of CBD flour. So it actually was in a pipe on top of CBD flour rather than normal weed because you didn't want to cough the hit out, right? Mm -hmm. So they put it on that thing. You, you took a good rip and I'd heard about this. Um, I'd heard a lot about it. And so there was at least some knowledge going in to get past the waiting room, right? That little colorful gold sheen or those little psychedelic uh, pictures that are pretty and bright and colorful, but that's not real trans transition is what I've heard. So I, instead of the three, you know, standard, Hey, if you can make it to three, you'll be good. Five hits Little my Terrence first time. McKenna. <laughs> yeah, five hits my first time. My hand was already, uh, felt like it was like a bunch of string wrapped around it or looked like that, you know, as I was taking that fifth hit and it sparked up and it was like a huge flame from a dragon's mouth. And dude took that fifth one and then there was a sleep mask that they gave me because they knew. They were like, hey, just sit down here, right? So I did a sleep mask and a lounge chair and just kicked back. And man, it started wild and we could, um, I won't discuss all of it. It's up on Patreon if you guys want to check it out with Ashley Rose. We talked about the whole experience. But I met entity. I was shot right through that fucking waiting room, dude. It was, there was no waiting uh, at all. I was very welcomed in. So it's funny you said that. Thousands of entities like pulling me, reaching out with their hands and pulling me forward, like all smiles, gestures and all kinds of shit. Uh, these dudes with huge swords, all kinds of shit. But anyway... It is interesting whenever you go into that realm and you're making connection with something there because you're not from there. And just like you, just like how they're interested in you, it feels, do you feel that you are at an advantage there being there with those beings or do you feel that they're more of an advantage in that environment? So you had a, a guest on a, a couple back where he was talking about like, you know, entities are like, you know, basically saying that they're negative and they're going to leech power. And um, this is where I'm going with it. Yeah. So I, I did watch that. And, and I think there's there's a lot of credence to what he's saying, because the potential for that energy suck is certainly there. Um, so I guess two part question. I, I think they have the advantage because they have <clears throat> 
today. And once again, what are we, what are we talking about? Angels, demons, entities, jesters, all of it. Um, you know that that's their their normal space. So they're using the senses senses other than our five, uh, and, and I think they're able to manipulate it and, and use it better than we can. But I, I do kind of agree about his point is that they need us for something, whether it be the energy contact, the point, whether like they need us to actually manifest in this time space reality because they're they're somehow higher. Um, and they need to collapse down and, and you know, they, they need our kind of dumbed down or 3D consciousness to to somehow keep keep living or, or to keep charging. So I but I, I don't think it has to always be negative. I think it can be mutual, uh, mutually beneficial. I think it can be symbiotic and I think it can potentially even be synergistic where you have two positive entities, um, you, you know, you have two positive spaces and, and that vibrational energy, I think, can can do both destruction and creation now there's the how do you become wise enough or enlightened enough to differentiate that you know is, is all of these archangels good or bad or are these demons disguised as angels and vice versa uh you know that i won't claim to to have any really insight on uh i feel as though i have a, a pretty good bullshit meter in in this world uh and then i think dmt opened that even further and in that space i'm very comfortable telling not it's like there was this one time where it did feel like there was this this kind of negative kind of like sucking type energy and I, and I basically just said no like that's not what I'm here for get out of my space and it just dissipated instantly um and and it, it that kind of gave me not cockiness but it was just like yeah I'm I am in control of this like the, this is know, they, really where the question's going with this and I'm so grateful you answered it the way you did and it is because, yes, that is one perspective to have, that once you get in, you're opening yourself up to all this crazy shit and all of that. Now, I think that the truth is somewhere in between all of that, right? So perhaps there is something to, again, what um, Hattie Mikowski, um, all these guys that talk about this place being a realm of a demiurge, it's actually a farm that's con uh, sucking off of your energy. I'm having a tough time not saying it that way. Um, but uh, whenever you look at it that way, there is an advantage that's talked about in being able to navigate the astral realm or the next realm, right? Because this, you're going to be, as the idea goes, whenever your mortal coil is shedded, uh, there's um, a, a meeting with a, some hardcore sales pitch archons, basically. And that's what they say the arc in Archangel is, is short for archons, right? So you're going to be allegedly met with these hard pitch archons that are going to look like everything. They're going to look like all the decisions you made that you have regrets for, which is why it's very important to do that recapitulation, sort of go over your shit mentally back, walk back through your life and go, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Or, oh, I should maybe call that person and whatever, you know, whatever you feel uh, so that you don't have any attachments or bindings here um, so that whenever you are, you know, hard sold to get into that moon trap and get back down here and do this again, um, you can say, fuck off, right? Exactly like what you said to that entity. And this is my question. I think that you at, at least have an advantage in your ability to have your disposition here and then to navigate that realm with that similar disposition, but knowing that it's out of your, you know, it's, you're going underwater a little bit. It's, it's foreign. It's, um, a new, it, it's a new space for you to navigate your consciousness in that's so unfamiliar to how we do it here. But I feel that this is giving you, again, this amazing advantage. I feel that that's a muscle that you're building as long as, and you're very mindful of this, as long as you are mindful, I feel, uh, of not bringing something back with you that's just going to fucking screw your life up or that's giving you like this carrot on a string long game con that you're like, yeah, 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 no, we hang out in the astral and all that kind of stuff. I'm just, I, I feel that you're asking the right questions to these fucking things and that if you do get a bad feeling about it, you're, you're not going to let it slide. And so that's amazing, which is again, why I asked, I, I feel that there's a great advantage to what you're doing to being able to actually escape this motherfucker on the other side, because you're going to kind of know what to, what it feels like a little bit more than the average person. Well, we, we all need to do our shadow work uh and, and that's and it's not shadow work like get rid of the shadow it, it's shadow right. work knowing that that's part of the, the polarity that that's part of your being uh, i don't think you know that we're going to dissolve our ego or get rid of no ego is my ego is a beautiful thing my ego when shit hits the fan if you and i were out at a concert and shit broke down you'd want my fucking ego to to be the, the crazy guy that's ripping people's arms off like that's you know like hopefully i never have to do that but i, I don't want my ego completely gone
I love it. Yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I'm a fighter, so don't but get yeah. If, if, if yeah. need be, you you, you want <laughs> that off. passion. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's a warrior in a garden mentality. You'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing I think that made maybe gave me an advantage going into this space with kind of this this attitude of whatever bring it at me was everything in my life already was destroyed. I had lost everything. I had lost my job, my relationship, my homes, my money, um, my titles, my, I, I mean, truly everything. I had nothing else possible to lose. Um, so when I was walking out, whether it, whether it was walking the streets of Las Vegas at two, three in the morning, whether it be out in the, the woods of, of Utah or, or uh, you know, Northern California where I could, where I was walking with literally bears and mountain lions and shit, I didn't care. Like I really did not care. I, I wasn't afraid of anything or anybody. Um, and I, I say in some of these, and, and it's, you know, I, I say it kind of like jokingly as a metaphor, but that this, the shit's real. And, and I say it like to, to try to give emphasis on how powerful it was. I feel as though I was fucked by the devil and I felt as though I was abducted by aliens. And, and I, I was, I, I was torn apart by every possible demon that was out there. So I'm not afraid of, I've already, I've already, I've already dealt with them. I've already told them to fuck off. They've already done, like, I've already beaten them in their game. And even to the point where it, it sounds corny, but it's kind of one of those cool, like as a grown adult, not that anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody, not that you're necessarily like afraid of ghosts or goblins or things like that or things under the bed. But like, if, if you were to lay and your hand falls off the bed, you kind of instinctively pull it under. You don't want something to be there. Or like, you're worried about like the, the closet door being open and you want to shut it. After all this shit, I'm t- I don't ki- like I I love going into to dark places where it's almost kind of like what who's gonna be here because because if it's the devil here he knows who the fuck I am and I'm comfortable if it's one of his minions I'll tell him to screw if it's if it's some alien thing like they're cool with me um, so it's really like there, there's there's nothing that 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 I haven't already dealt with and and what are you gonna take from me I've, everything's already been taken and and. You know, that's another kind of awesome point of this is once you've seen how your energy is projected into the future and that it's way more than this, I'm also not afraid of death at, at all. And and not to say that I welcome that transition of energy, but man, I am I am I am not at all at all uh, intimidated, afraid. If it happens at the end of this podcast, man, I just know that I lived an, an amazing, blessed life and I went on on top. Um, but knowing so once again, if you can't take any material good from me, if you if if my integrity and character are completely solid because of all the shit that's happened, and I'm not afraid of my my actual life uh, and dying, what can any what can any possible entity or spirit or devil or alien or anything? But even so, even better, what can any man or woman ever do to me? Fucking nothing. This like, is the power. This is <laughs> this the is power. the power of the break, by the way. The power of that deep shit, because I'm sitting here fucking nodding my ass off. Guys, check the video version in the show notes. See, this man is handsome. <laughs> I am nodding my ass off, sir, because I completely agree with you. There's nothing to fear after that fucking shit, because <clears throat> you've been through it. You stared at this thing. You said, yeah, I can kill myself easily. I know 12 ways to do it right now. <laughs> you, you don't give a shit to a level that you need to not give a shit, and you find this strength that you didn't know you wanted. And it's on the other side of this being bullshitted the whole time, being fucked by the devil the whole time is a beautiful analogy, dude. And it's on the other side of that, though, where your no fucks exist. And that is where your power lies, dude, because you're not attached. You're not being pushed or pulled in any direction. <clears throat> you can't be fucked with and bullshitted anymore because you've already done it and you've already been there. You've, you've seen all the devil's dicks and they suck. And so you're, you're not affected by it in the same way, which makes you dangerous as fuck, man. And that's the point I hope that people who maybe you're fighting something like this or not leaning into how they're feeling on the other side of this, guys, that's the power. It's not the love and light. It's not this disharmonious energies that you're putting out into some fucking far-flung future, convincing yourself that you signed contracts to come here and get fucked. Maybe if you want to view things that way, keep your power there. But I'm saying that there's another side to this, and Adam and I are talking about it right now. And it's just awesome what you're talking about, man. It's beautiful. And, and so once once all that bullshit's been removed too, it allows your empathy to be increased. It allows your sensitivity to be increased. It allows your your as as a, a guy, it allows your your feminine side to come out more. Uh, it allows you to be comfortable, like we said, hugging another guy and, and being like, oh, you you worry about somebody seeing you? No, because uh, I'll tell them to go screw. I'm not worried about it. And and I'll tell them no, I'm I'm hugging this man because I love him and we're sharing good energy. And if you know if if they somehow laugh at that. Cool. Like, let them walk on their own path. I'm going to sit there and, and hug this guy and, and share energy. So it, it translates into everything. But but then that openness to 
see yourself with that same type of em- empathy and that same sense of forgiveness and that same sense of love. It allows you to, to j- just let that much in, whether it be a loved one, whether it be kids, whether it be puppies, whether it be whatever. Um, it, it allows that that paradigm shift, uh, you know, and, and I mentioned in our, our email prior to this that I'd love to kind of give you congrats on uh, that interview with uh, Neil Donald Walsh with uh, the, the author of Conversations with God because one, just an amazing book. Uh, two, it also helped transform my life and, and holy shit. But just, you know, the, the concept of the, that new, a new religion in essence, a, a new concept of God and, and, and being, um, you know, being somebody that, that, that's not fearful, having novel thoughts that are going to get pushed out. But yeah, we, we need, we need an, an entire consciousness shift, which is, which is going to change all the, well, not change, but just see that this self-destructive path, whether it be a microcosm that I was experienced within me is the same thing that's happening as a microcosm in society. And, and ultimately the same ills. Like I was, you know, clouding myself with alcohol and I was 40 pounds overweight and I, and I thought everybody else was my problem. And, and, and the guy that screwed me over, what an asshole. And the woman that screwed me over must be her fault. It's like, no, like if anything, I owe all those people an apology, a, a genuine, I'm sorry, I was an asshole. And, and then two, to take ability, you know, accountability for your own actions, uh, you're able to just move on um, and and live your life and and live it in a way where once again you're not you're not worried about the past or the future. You're just you're so blessed to be shrouded in whether it be God's grace or to walk around without plaque. Like to to know you had a forty pound backpack of plaque and then to take that off. Like it's almost like you want to just run around and, and explore life because you don't have all of those obstructions and you don't have all those things that used to tie you down. And it's like it's a whole new lease on life. Um, the analogy I used on, I was on a, uh, the skept, uh, typical sept, skeptic podcast, um, Robert Khalil, amazing show. Thank you so much for having me on buddy. And one of the things we talked about on there was this analogy that I came up with for this experience I was having, which was that I had an entity or something somehow, or a bunch of muck or something that had tied my nuts up and then left nut was on the right side. And the right nut was on the left side, all this good stuff. Right now. Over time, just like whenever you tie a string around your finger or something like that, the finger will go numb. And so you just don't feel it. You just don't notice that it's there. And then you think of these things like the plaque you talked about or like these entities perhaps uh, taking little bits of your energy and tying it off and numbing it out and siphoning it off in that way. Now, when I started looking at things like this, I was just like, oh, my God, get fucked with all of this shit. Because then if you if you really look at um, like the way that energy could be harvested in this place or whatever, then it feels like if if they are tying off and siphoning off this energy or whatever, you after a certain amount of time, maybe you do start to notice and you start to go, hang on, I do want the feeling in that finger back. And hang on, my nuts are in a fucking twist. The process of taking that string off or undoing your nuts, for instance, putting the right one on the right side and the left one on the correct side, all of that is a painful process. But there's balance restored. There, it's It's way better than having it the other way. It's just like... You're not going to untreat a broken leg. You're going to get it fucking fixed. You know what I mean? When you notice these things and your feelings, I feel like what you went through, these emotions are your indicators. That's your symptom that something's going on. And if you don't mask them with alcohol like you didn't, and I'm proud of you, man, because I put the bottle down as well, and I'm I'm just proud of you. I know what that's like. So uh, I I also know uh, what a big impact that makes on your life. So well done, man. Um, but if you you're too. able to do that, yeah, if you're able to do that, then it's an, it's a magical place here where you really can regather your energy and balance all this shit. It's when you start going, hang on and you notice the plaque on you. And then the real shadow work, like you said, is just shining light on this shit. And you come to terms with the things you come to terms with, you accept those things and you change the ones and you're wise enough to know the difference, all that kind of shit. But it's a fucking ride, man. And it's a dark one. And I think that this is one of the more important conversations about this topic, Adam. We've talked about DMT, and I highly encourage everybody to get to your uh, book here. Guys, again, located down in the show notes, and we're going to have you on a thousand more times to talk about many more things, but there's such an important topic that we've woven into this that I'm so grateful that we did, which is the other side uh, that the love and light folks aren't talking about, the real side of this, what it looks like after this break, that maybe some people have been entertaining just staying on the other side of and to avoid, and all of those other things... Don't recommend that at all. Highly recommend rip the Band-Aid off, get those nuts untwisted, uh, and settle your shit in a balanced way because it's not it's not fun necessarily, but God damn it, like you said, man, on the other side, I give a shit more for the things that I give a shit, and I could not care less 
about so many other things. Like I, any of the people pleasing tendencies, fucking gone. Any of the mm -hmm. self-destructive habits, anything like that, gone. I have shined the biggest spotlight on all of this shit. And it seems like, man, and I'm, we're going to talk a little bit after this uh, when we close here, but uh, I'm very interested in being more um, familiar with that realm uh, because I have experienced it once, but I'd like a little field testing uh, so that I can go in with knowing that it sovereignty is being retained in all realms is what I mean to say. I don't think that it would be a bad practice necessarily listening to the disclaimer ahead of times. Again, guys, this is uh, illegal things that we're talking about, uh, air quotes. So can, can I please? So one of the, the, the cool things, though, once again, that it is produced in your own body um, is that it, you can produce it through breathing and meditation, you know, so like and, and it's not that that full blown. Well, I shouldn't say that I, I've had some amazing endogenous produced sessions where you and, and it's there's videos out there that there's a, a lot of practices that you can follow and it's real um, you know from somebody that that smokes it and, and knows what it tastes like and knows what it feels like um, you can with, with the proper mindset naturally induce it and and that's where you know all of this this new science is, is proving these ancient meditative techniques of of sitting and being mindful and being present and breathing and it brings you to this enlightened blissful state and it's it's yeah because it's your body's pulse and dmt and, and you know just it so there's ways of, of having this go through you with naturally and, and and you know that's that's probably a good way to start which is getting a mind-body connection start you know being comfortable with how your, your body is responding to its own physiology and the chemicals that are in it and understand why they're producing it and then understand that when you do do dmt you're not putting in a foreign substance you're, you're just adding on to what's already there and and that that natural metabolism feels like it's a natural breakdown um mind-blowing change your fucking life but it it is uh you know it is a very natural feel and, and i think that's why it's going to be important to bring honestly the, the humans to the next evolution of our species like that that next level of consciousness where um i think dmt is going to be a, a big part of tapping into to our potential god it's just such <laughs> it's so interesting like the second you're like oh this place you know can't get any more and there's so much great work on it. Honestly, there's so many awesome books and researchers and, and the connections that I've made just since this, this book has been out and published. I just published it this March. Um, it's There's so many intelligent, awesome minds that are doing great work. You know, the psychonauts like myself that are actually, you know, doing it, but also the people that are trying to understand the actual neurochemistry of it and what's happening and why. And, and you know, this extended state DMT where it's intravenous drip now, and there's so much stuff going on. So um, it's an exciting time to be part of this for, for mental health, for expansion of consciousness, for just human evolution. Um, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Dude, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's it's just fascinating the work that you're doing. I'm just blown away uh, that you've done DMT that many times, and that you're. It's it just seems like in comparison to what you, I didn't know you before, but in comparison to what you've described about yourself, we're just looking at a completely different guy here. That's calm. Yeah. That's you very not want to be my friend. No, I was a condescending prick. I thought because I had the college education and the money, and like I really, man, I. I but I say. I sit here now knowing that I needed to every every one of those horrible processes or every one of those things that I, I look at when I was going through it are exactly what needed to happen. And now, as I say here at 43 years old, I'm so blessed to know that I hopefully have, you know, maybe half half of my life left that I don't have to waste that energy. Um, I, I literally every every night I go to bed and, and I say my prayers of gratitude and they're just so lengthy and so genuine. And I get goosebumps every night when I go to bed because I'm so happy. And when I wake up every morning, I'm so grateful to enjoy another day. And it's real. It's not some fake bullshit. And it's not praying to some false god. It's not. It's none of that. It, it really is just a, a genuine sense of true contentment and gratitude. And irregardless of of whatever material wealth I have or whatever external reality uh, is going on, and if especially now in today's world, if, if people can harness that, whether it be through taking a couple hits or, like I said, through praying and, and meditating and breathing. Uh, the world, I think, would benefit from that for sure. Adam Butler, all the ways to find you are going to be located down in the show description. Your book, amazing, Butler's DMT Field Guide. <laughs> Guys, check it out. Everything's located. Definitely going to come back on, brother, dude. I, I can't thank you for this honest, amazing conversation for what you've done, just for, for showing up, you know, for yourself and just sharing that with everybody. Just thank you, brother, honestly. And I'm available. Um, I have my email, you know, and I know you're going to put the specs on there, but if, if I can help, you know, honestly, 
having a conversation with me, if that can shed some light on your darkness. And, and if God forbid, if anybody's out there who's thinking it, maybe it's it's not, you know, this is the time for me to off myself or it's not time for me to be here anymore. Please contact me. I guarantee you I'll convince you otherwise. And uh, I'll give you I'll give you something to at least think about on why you should be here. There is beauty on the other side, guys. I, we can both attest to that. Uh, if you can, if you're strong enough, you know, um, and I and I know that you are. If you're listening to this, you're strong enough. Seriously, because I've been in that spot like you, where you were just like, "Fuck this, I can't." Yeah, I'm but not, now look. I, I mean, but, not, but now look, look at our smiles. I mean, if, if anybody doesn't watch this I never video and I like, look this. at these two cornballs, they're like, "All right, like, well, it's because we walked through hell, got that badge, yeah. and came out, and we're like, cool, like." I'm, I'm whatever part of my journey and, and, and I'm happy I went through it I wouldn't want this mundane mediocre bullshit every day's the same no challenge uh, I mean there's there's, there's something I'm happier to be for the <laughs> it purified my perspective for sure and I'm grateful for the perspective I have now on the other side of it for damn sure absolutely yeah. more love it allows you more love and connection which Speaking is everything love, I love the shit out of you Adam thank you so much <laughs> I love you too, this is brother. incredible brother we'll do yeah, it again well, yeah, I, I feel as though my, myself and my inner circle will be watching your stuff for a while, so I'm here. We'll be part of it. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.